want you to see that clock. It says 11.18, Greg. Greg told me I had 20 minutes to preach. This morning I went over just a little bit. It was 30-some this morning. But it was, was it a good sermon or not? Let's say thank you, exactly, all right. This past week, April and I were outside doing some yard work. Well, she was doing the yard work, I was watching. But anyhow, so she's outside doing the yard work. We have this big five-acre property that we're renting from somebody. She's over there pulling some something. I don't know what she's doing. No gloves on. Who pulls weeds without gloves on? So anyhow, so she pulls them up, gets them in the air, and she's like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, what? She's like, I think this is poison ivy. So I say, it's fine, sweetheart, don't worry about it. We're done with the fire, so me being the smart man that I am, I take the poison ivy and I throw it in the fire. The next morning I woke up, my eye was really bothering me. I mean, really bothering me. My arms started breaking out, and I was like, oh, man. But I tried not to make a big deal about it because it was my fault I threw the poison ivy in the fire. The next morning, April wakes up and her eye is swollen shut. So we go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you have poison ivy. I'm like, thank you. I owe you $79. Anyhow, um, so she gives me some prednisone. How many of you have taken prednisone? Mike, I could sell this stuff on the market. Anyhow, um, the first thing she says is take six tablets one time a day. The next day, take six tablets. The next, I have to take 54 prednisone. But I'm telling you what, the very next day, man, that stuff was so very good. Anyhow, it's good to be with you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19. We're going to get there momentarily. Um, It's been so good to be able to just fellowship and be with so many people. I know some of you have not greeted. I'm going to be here most of the day today, so I'll be here till I greet everybody, so just hang around and we'll greet. There's a VBS dinner today, a little luncheon. You're all invited. Don't worry about it. I'm not in charge, so I can invite whoever I want. So you're all invited to that VBS luncheon, so just come. It's, it'll be a great time. We'll, we'll split the sandwiches in half. It won't matter. So anyhow, so I've had the opportunity. I've been back for three or four weddings. I've been back for camp and just opportunity to visit with so many people. I had the opportunity to do a wedding yesterday, and then at 9.30 got to see uh, and participate in Cody Muttman's ordination. It was a great, it was a great service, and just very proud of that uh, young man. My family's doing well. They're all growing like a bunch of weeds, but anyhow, not like poison ivy. Micah's here. Micah, where are you at? Right there. Micah's way in the back. Welcome, Micah. Glad you're here. Um, Sean is getting ready to graduate from high school on Friday night, this coming Friday night. And so we were all prepared to come. April was coming and everybody was good. And, and all of a sudden, April, I come home and she's crying. I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, I can't go. I'm like, why can't you go? She goes, I have so much to do for Sean's graduation party and you don't understand. And she's going on and on and on. And those of you who had graduates, you understand. And so she's like, I can't do it. And I said, honey, it'll be fine. She says this quote. Please listen to me. She says, I can't leave him a week before his graduation. I said, honey, you knew when you had the child, 18 years this was going to happen. You didn't, this isn't a surprise to anyone. And so she's all troubled and she's crying. And I come home from work and she's crying. I leave for work and she's crying. I'm like, Why? oh, I just can't take this. I mean, she listens to the song. So yesterday, she sends me a text. You can't make this stuff up. She sends me a text and she says, 
I need to talk to you. I'm thinking, the house is on fire, Sean fell in a hole, whatever it was. She said, I have one question. She said, just, I know you're busy visiting people. I know people want to see you, but this is really important. I said, honey, what do you need? She pauses. She's like, should I get eight or nine tablecloths? So I, trying to be the nice guy that I am, Greg's dying over here, by the way. He's looking at his clock. Um, so I'm dying. So trying to be the nice guy that I am, I say to myself, honey, I think you should get eight tablecloths. I knew you were going to say that. You're just saying that because of the money. I'm like, I cannot win, sweetheart. I cannot win. I said, get whatever tablecloths you want. She goes, you don't understand. So I calmed her. I got her down. It was really good. We were loving each other. We were like, honey, I love you. It's great. It was, it was good time. She said, she said, one more. She said, she said, seriously, Ernie. She said, do you have time? for?" I said, honey, I've got all the time in the world. Hurry up, please. Okay. And so <laughs> she says, she's on the phone. She says, round or rectangular? I called her back and I said, I'm sorry, we lost connection. I apologize for that. That was not my fault. I don't know what happened. The phone just cut out. These towers here in Illinois don't, I didn't, call, I didn't hang up on her. Gosh, guys. Um, the last thing April said to me before I left the house, you would think it was, I love you. You would think it was, oh, man, I'm so proud of you. You would think it was, Ernie, you'll do a great job. She says, don't make fun of me, whatever you do. So please don't tell April that um, we had a joke at her expense. We're going to look at Luke chapter 19. I struggled with what to preach today. So much, so much that I want to share and so much that I can share and so much that I, I have a desire to share. One of the sermons that I wrote was a great sermon, and I wrote it, and I, the thesis was times have changed, people have changed, methods have changed, but the same God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I developed that sermon. I was really excited about preaching it. And over the last week or so, and even the last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, God has really worked on my heart. And he's really worked this sermon on my heart. That song from the Beatles, and by the way, I didn't know it was from the Beatles until I Googled it, that it's from the Beatles, but I was still singing it. Most of you know it. All you need is Very good. All you need is love. And that song just rings through my head for the last Three, four, five days. The word love is used 551 times in the Bible. It's used to describe uh, all types of love, from God's love, from the love that a man has for his wife, from the love that uh, sent in Jesus, and just so many types of love. There are three types of love that are in the Greek, and again, we're not going to study those, but I do want to mention those. There's the, the, the philo love that says, I love you like a brother. There's eros love that says, I love you, what can I get out of that? Uh, more that desire love. And then there's that agape love, and I'm sure uh, some of you have heard about that. If you haven't heard about it, it's the type of love that describes the type of love that God has for us and the type of love that we're to have for one another. It's that unconditional love. It's that love without reservations. And so today we're going to talk about that love. But I don't want to simply make this a sermon about love. We've heard since we were little that we need to love one another. You remember the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World. Red, yellow, black, and white. 
They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And you've heard uh, those songs. And yet there's so much more to that love. It's more than just about Jesus loving children. It's about Jesus loving all people. It's about Jesus in Ephesians 5 when he says, husbands, love your wives. When he says, wives, love your husbands. When he says, children, obey your parents. The writer there is talking about love. It's a generation to generation love. It's a love that says, it's easy for me sometimes to love my enemy. It's easy for me sometimes to love my neighbor. But for some reason in our society, and I don't think it's just today, I think this is a problem that's happened many, many years ago, it's hard for us to love generation to generation. It's hard sometimes for little kids to love grown adults who they don't know. It's hard sometimes for grown adults to love little children who maybe they don't know. And so this morning, I want to look at this thought, this concept of love. And I want to look at it is that Jesus did it, and so we need to do it. Jesus demonstrated this love, and so we need to demonstrate this love. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. Luke 19, verses 1 through 7. You've heard the song, we're not going to sing it, we don't have time. Um, Zacchaeus was, was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. If you don't know the song, just Google it. When you get home, you'll figure out what it is. Um, Zacchaeus here is wanting to see Jesus. And this morning as we look at Jesus and Zacchaeus' encounter, may we see the love that Jesus demonstrates for Zacchaeus May we see the love that Zacchaeus demonstrates for Jesus and the love that we're to demonstrate for other people. Let's read. Jesus entered Jericho, starting in verse 1, and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to him, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Here in this text, we see four obvious points of Jesus demonstrating his love towards Zacchaeus. And let's see if these points can apply to us as well. First of all, Jesus looked at him. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked at him. If we're going to demonstrate true love... For others. If we're going to demonstrate this true love from generation to generation, we need to start looking at people. We need to start really engaging people and really becoming in a conversation with people that says, I care enough about you that I'm going to look at you. 
That's how conversations start. And that's how relationships start. And that's how we are to demonstrate our love to one another from generation to generation. Not just younger kids looking at older adults, but older adults looking at younger kids as well. Number two, Jesus called him by name. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I think that's significant because he could have said, hey, come down. He could have said, person in the tree, get out of the tree. He was Jesus. He could have snapped his fingers and made him fall out of the tree. I mean, he could have done anything he wanted to do. And yet he took the time to say Zacchaeus. Names are important to people. And when we're demonstrating true love to people, we've got to get to know people's names. And we've got to get to calling people by name. I've gone through valleys and mountains in my ministry. Sometimes I am really good at names. Sometimes I'm horrible at names. Sometimes, many of you are, I know what you're thinking in your mind, many of you, it's just easier for me to call you by your last name. When I call you by your last name, for some of your families, that encompasses about seven or eight of you. So I get it all in one big sweep. Why take the time to memorize seven or eight names when you can do it in one big name? I'm not talking about being good with names because there are people that are good with names but don't apply this principle. What I'm talking about is we got to start to get to know people. we got to start to get to know kids. we got to start to get to know older adults, younger adults. I don't care who it is. And we got to start blending this generation to generation in this love together. Number three, Jesus went to his house. Verse 5, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Listen to the words from the text here. I must stay at your house today. You know, many people have said he went and ate his house. I don't know what he did at his house. It doesn't matter. But what it clearly says is that Jesus went to his house and Jesus stayed at his house. There's significance there because Jesus, it wasn't just a fly-by-night thing. He went to his house and he acknowledged that, Zacchaeus, I love you enough and you're important enough that I'm going to come on your territory and visit you. There's something about being at someone's house. I'm not advocating we figure out a calling program. I'm not advocating we go start knocking on doors, though that would, might or might not work. I don't know. But what I am advocating is that we start showing love to people by visiting them where they're at, by seeing them at their house. We adopted our son, Derek, and it was a great time, and it was really good, and the church was very generous to us and gave us some things. When we had our son, Mike, not Mike, excuse me, when we had our son, Sean, that was probably the best time in our lives. Maybe not for April, but for me it was. Because every night about 5, 6 o'clock, I would hear this at the door. You know what it was. It was somebody knocking on the door, and they were bringing me lasagna. Somebody knocking on the door. The next night, I'd get a knock, and it would be pizza. The next night I'd get a knock and it would be Pizza Getty. I love Pizza Getty. The next night, and this went on for 30 days. Man, I, I'll tell you what, I've ne- April, we, never mind, we got in a fight about this. It's a long story. We're over it now. It was 18 years ago. Um, but I was never home on time much of my life. Man, I knew that knock was coming about 5, 30, 6 o'clock. I flew home. I didn't care what I had to do because I wanted to be there. I wanted to answer that door when that, oh, man, when that lasagna came through the door, that meatloaf came through the door. And there was something about people coming to see me and bringing something. It, it warmed my heart inside. I'll never forget when it stopped, though. 
It's that last night that somebody brings you something, and I, I think it was a good meal. I don't know what it was. If you brought it, I apologize. I think it was a good meal, but I remember thinking about the next day. Nothing. I'm sure April tried to prepare something. She had a she should have been over her C-section by then. But anyhow, I'm sure she tried to prepare something the next day. And so she's, I'm sure she's okay. she was okay And so that knock never came at the door. So I sat down in my pastoral voice and I said, honey, we've got to figure this out. She said, well, I said, honey, you're hurting. We cannot have you making meals like this. She's like, you are ridiculous. She's like, you are the most arrogant person I know. I said, honey, if you will just get it worked out, 30 more days of meals, I think, is all you'll need. She's like, I'm not doing that. I said, you don't have to do it. Call somebody at church, they'll take care of it for you. But anyhow, there's something about being at someone's home. There's something about meeting somebody where they're at. Number four, and I think this is significant for us here. All of this has been significant, but listen to this this morning. Jesus was willing to pay the price to show love towards Zacchaeus. Jump down to verse 7. All the people saw this, and they began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus was willing to pay the price. And I know some of you are saying, oh, it's Jesus, and et cetera, et cetera, and so on. And, and I, I get that. It was Jesus, and you're right. But the fact that Jesus was willing to say, Zacchaeus, I will demonstrate any type of love to you, and he was willing to do that. And that's the same type of love that we're to have for one another, and that's the same type of love that we're to have through these generations. That no matter what it may be, we're willing to make that sacrifice. Three more points and I'll be done, I promise. Let's look at the now from the point of Zacchaeus. We've looked at it from the point of Jesus. Now let's look at it from the point of Zacchaeus. Number one, he went out of his way to see and meet Jesus. Verse 3 and 4. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. He went out of his way to see who this Jesus, and to demonstrate his love for Jesus. I think he knew a little bit about Jesus. I can't prove it through the text, but I think he knew a little bit about Jesus. And you see, Zacchaeus went out of his way. And that's what I think we're called to do. We're called to go out of our way, to step out of our comfort zone, to bridge that gap from generation to generation, whether it's young to not so young or not so young to young. We're called to bridge that gap and show that love. Number two, Scripture clearly says that he welcomed Jesus. Verse 6, so he came down at once, that's Zacchaeus, and he welcomed him gladly. He welcomed him. He started that friendship of love. He welcomed Jesus and he said, Jesus, come in. We have to start somewhere. We have to start welcoming people in. When I was younger, and I would, if I would have preached this sermon when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have written it when I was younger, but that's another story. But if I would have preached this sermon when I was younger, I would have concentrated on the children. And that's not the concentration here. Though it's important, the concentration is not on the children. 
It's a concentration on both the children and adults that we begin to welcome other people. Just like Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus and just like Jesus welcomed Zacchaeus, we need to start welcoming other people. Number three and finally, he was willing to change. Verse 7 and 8. All the people saw this. They began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. It's the love that says, I am willing to change. It's the love that says, no matter the way that I grew up, it doesn't matter what my mom or what my dad believed, or what my brother or sister believed, or maybe what I was taught in school, if it's not the love of Jesus, then I am willing to change. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Many times this text has been preached about the way that we treat non-Christians or do certain things, but listen to it this morning. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer everyone. And I want to be very careful that I don't take this text out of context just to fit my preaching this morning. And so I want to make it very clear that when it says be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, those outsiders possibly could be non-Christians. But I think if we read this text and read it over and over again, I think the other way that we can read this text is understand that we need to be wise in the way that we treat other people. Why? Because other people are watching. If you call yourself a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you call yourself a person who is a quote-unquote Christian, then we need to be very careful on how we treat other people, how we treat different generations. Again, whether they are at church or whether they're in the community, we are called to love from generation to generation. And I want to say that sometimes we've lost that call. And it's exciting to me to see, sometimes when I see and I walk through church, whether it be here or at another church, and I see an, another person teaching a younger person. That's exciting to me because that's love from generation to generation. It's exciting to me when I see somebody kneel down and talk to a young child because that's love from generation to generation. It's exciting for me when I see a young child go up to a person that maybe is older and they can't get out of their pew. And that young child goes up and they talk to that person sitting them right where they're at. That's love from generation to generation. We had an old program here called Agape Land way back when. Some of you, well, just quickly, how many of you ever went to Agape Land, helped with Agape Land, anything? Raise your hands high. Great. Put your hands down. Agape Land was a wonderful program. My third year into Agape Land, we did something that was both intentional and unintentional. And I'm not recommending that we go out and start a bunch of programs, but what I am saying this morning is that when we started Agape Land, we got some people, people you probably don't even know, like Del Delmer Foster, Nellie Armstrong, Faye Blue, 
And the list could go on and on. And, and some of you know those. I can see the smile on your face. And we got people like that who were from the older generation. And we began to get them and we used their skills and abilities for this younger generation. And it was so neat to see those two mesh together. I don't know what happened over time. Some things changed. I don't know. Good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. But we have got to start. We've got to start as a church. But we've got to start as individuals. We've got to start loving other people. We've got to start loving from generation to generation. I went to Christ Church and I was there. And the chairman of the elders got up one day. They were doing something. They were recognizing me for, I don't, I probably deserved it. But anyhow, they were recognizing me for something. And the chairman gets up there and he says, I have to say one thing about Ernie. And you can laugh about this and then I'll pray. He says, and I quote, Ernie is willing to, and he should have said another word, but he didn't. He said, Ernie is willing to touch anyone. <laughs> he paused himself, and he's like, well, I'm in hug, you know, love, and stuff like that. And it was so exciting, and that's what I want people to say about you. I want people to say about you that whether you are young or not so young, and whether you're old or not so old, that you are willing to love generation from generation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, you love us. You are the author of love. You started love from the beginning, and we will see love at the very end. And so, Father, help us that we might demonstrate that type of love from generation to generation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ernie, thank you very much for that message. Appreciate it. Give him a hand. Thank you.